I was at home. I was with my partner and he had gone to have a, just to lay down. And then I walked into the kitchen and I felt a crack in the back of my head. And I said to him, Neil, we're going to have a problem. I'm about to have a stroke. I don't know how I knew because I never suffered anything like that before, but I knew something had gone wrong. By this point now, I'd started to lose all my right-hand side. So I, I lost the use of my left arm, my left leg, and so everything was failing on the right-hand side. So I got put into a car, and then the guys followed me in the car to the hospital. The guys helped me into Morrison Hospital, and then the minute I got through the doors of the hospital, that was it. I don't remember anything after that for um, about five days. By that point, I was dead. I spent five days in recess. Quite a lot of points during that, those five days, my partner and my family were told, you need to prepare for the worst because the chances are that I'm not going to come out of this. I was between two hospitals. So I was in Morriston for a while. That's where I started to, they started lots of physio and advanced help to get me walking, talking and using my right hand side again. And then I got transferred to Neath Talbot, which is a more local hospital. That's where they basically, they taught me to walk and teach them, were still teaching me to talk and get the use of my right hand side again. Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear, and welcome to Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. In this episode, we hear from Richard Rees from Neath, South Wales. Richard suffered a stroke in 2021 at the age of 45. Work-wise, I worked in the events industry all my career um, until the pandemic hit. I then was unfortunately made redundant from my role. But during the pandemic, I worked in Morrison Hospital in the catering department during COVID, basically. And then I got made redundant from my other job because I was on furlough anyway. I got made redundant in the October. So the hospital took me on. So I, I had a job and then so I was working in the catering department and then I was lucky to find another job. In January of last year, I got a business development role. I had that role for two months because I started in the, in the March. I had the role for two months and then I suffered my stroke. I was at home. I was with my partner and he had gone to have a, just to lay down. And then I walked into the kitchen and I felt a crack in the back of my head and I said to him Neil we're going to have a problem I'm about to have a stroke I don't know how I knew because I never suffered anything like that before but I knew something had gone wrong I don't know what the click in the back of my head meant but basically that's when it all started to go wrong I phoned an ambulance and luckily enough I got a neighbour who's a healthcare worker so she also came in the house but they couldn't send me an ambulance I had two local St. John's Ambulance type people. They came to the house and basically I had to get lifted into a car because by this point now I'd started to lose all my right hand side. So I, I lost the use of my left arm, my left leg. And so everything was failing on the right hand side. So I got put into a car and then the guys followed me in the car to the hospital. And then when I got to... Morrison Hospital, 
there was an ambulance there. So those ambulance crew helped my partner and the guys helped me into Morrison Hospital. And then the minute I got through the doors of the hospital, that was it. I don't remember anything after that for um, about five days. By that point, I was dead. I spent five days in recess. Quite a lot of points during that, those five days, my partner and my family were told, you need to prepare for the worst because the chances are that I'm not going to come out of this. The first thing I could remember was waking up on a ward in the hospital and feeling a bit unsure of my surroundings and then trying to talk and not being able to talk. I lost my voice and then I couldn't move any use of my right side at all. So at this point, I was very disturbed, I suppose, as I didn't really know what had happened to me by this point. And because it was during COVID, my partner wasn't allowed into the ward, so I had to deal with this without him initially. Richard spent four months in hospital. I was between two hospitals. So I was in Morriston for a while. That's where I started to... They started lots of physio and advanced help to get me walking, talking and using my right-hand side again. And then I got transferred to Neath Talbot, which is a more local hospital. That's where they basically, they taught me to walk and teach them, were still teaching me to talk and get the use of my right-hand side again. From a physio perspective, I was taken to a physio room and get my legs to think for themselves and to try and get my arm as well to make sure I was starting to strengthen that as well. But in Morrison, it was it was a slow process, and it was more intense when I then got into Nithatal because they were had me on like a physio on the machine to help me use my legs like a rower machine, and then the physios then were getting me to do more with my upper body in in terms of trying to throw a ball, trying to catch a ball, things around those lines. I was sent home on an early discharge scheme, which meant I had physio for six weeks. So I had a physiotherapist and occupational therapist at home to get myself more strong and stuff as well for a six-week program. I'd normally have two physios in the morning, Monday to Friday, because they don't work weekends. I had that for four weeks, and the fifth week, I only had them for three days. Then in the final week, I only had them for two days. And then they went, basically. And then I was introduced to the brain injury unit at Morrison Hospital, who basically introduced me to my music therapist. Years ago, I used to be a singer in the club circuit. And to help me with my voice and things and to get that back, I had 10 sessions of music therapy. I was doing a 10-week course and I asked my music therapist if she can get the health board's comms team involved because I wanted to get this out there because there would be other people who would have had strokes that couldn't access this service or if they didn't know about it. Once the comms team had been in and we did the recording of it and stuff, they then put it out on their social media pages and then the local ITV Wales News picked it up and wanted to take my story on board. So I then had a session with ITV Wales. I was on the local Welsh News for me to show people how it can help you if you can access the service. 
Since his stroke, Richard has made good progress. I've come an awful long way in the 18 months since my stroke, albeit I've still got a long, long way to go. I'm under no illusion that I'm well, and I'm under no illusion that I'm better because I'm not. I can't walk a lot. I still have limited use of my right arm. My voice and things and my speech is sometimes laboured, especially when I have fatigue, which is a massive part of my stroke recovery. I still get an awful lot of fatigue that can wipe me out for a couple of days. I could get up in the morning and I, I'm, I feel fine. And within, I don't know, two or three hours, my fatigue will kick in. So I, I will be tired, lethargic. I may need to go and sleep, sleep for a couple of hours. No fatigue day is the same because some days it could be just that I need to sit down and chill out for a, a, a while. And then other days I have to go to bed and literally turn my body off. That is one thing that my stroke doctor said, that's one thing that's always going to be there. It's just part of the stroke because the bleeds in my brain. I've learned a lot about my brain because like if where the bleed was is where something used to pass through to send communications to other parts of my brain, it has to bypass and go a different way to get to tell my brain something. So it might be on my left side and it needs to go to my right hand side, but it might have to go around my whole skull to get the message to that part of the brain because there's a blockage there. Coming up, Richard talks about helping to set up a stroke survivor lawn bowls club. I might be able to strengthen my arm, but then for other people, it might be their family members need a break. They can come and take part in bowls and they might discover something that they want to continue with post the 16-week course. So for me, that's another way of me helping myself, but also other stroke survivors and their families and carers moving forward. And his recovery. People say to me, how are you? And people think once you can talk and you can walk and your arm moves, you're fine. But that's not the case. And no, people don't understand that. But yeah, for me, it's really the fact that I'm glad that I, I, I'm alive and one part. And two, I need to still continue my recovery, which could be another four or five years. The doctors don't know how long because you get better in different areas, basically. Here's how Richard wants to help other stroke survivors. I know that there's things I can do and there's things that I can't do and I, I don't know whether I will ever be able to do them again. I'm positive of the fact that I would keep going and keep trying to help other stroke survivors as well to get them access to things that they didn't know about. I also used to play lawn bowls until six years ago when I lost my dad. So I noticed in another area of Wales that there was bowls for stroke survivors. It's not only for survivors, it's for their families as well and the carers. So I thought, that, you know, I want to try one because my right side was my dominant side. So I bowls, I used to bowl with my right arm. So when I seen this in a different area, I thought, right, I'm going to get in touch with the guys and see whether we can bring this into the top of my area. It's taken me since last March to get to where I am with it, but the local indoor bowling club have agreed to take it on and it'll be funded by Bowls Wales, which is the overriding thing for Bowls in Wales. It'll give like a, a 12 or 16 week course whereby people can come 
and try bowls. There'd be bowls coaches there. So myself, I can help myself because I might be able to strengthen my arm. But then for other people, it might be their family members need a break. They can come and take part in bowls and they might discover something that they want to continue with post the 16-week course. So for me, that's another way of me helping myself, but also other stroke survivors and their families and carers moving forward. And Richard explains the impact the stroke had on his working life. I would never do the job I used to. I had quite a high-powered job within events and things, and I was quite well-known in the industry. But that could never happen again because basically with fatigue and with my brain injury, it might be that I could maybe work a, a couple of days a week, but like I couldn't do two days at a time because the fatigue wouldn't allow it. If I went on Monday, Tuesday, I wouldn't be able to go on a Tuesday because my body just wouldn't allow it. So from a works perspective, it's something that I want to do, but I have to tell myself and the brain doctors tell me this, that I have to manage my expectations and I may have to do something else. At the moment, it's not something that, that I can do. People say to me, how are you? And people think once you can talk and you can walk and your arm moves, you're fine. But that's not the case. And no, people don't understand that. But yeah, for me, it's really the fact that I'm glad that I'm alive in one part. And two, I need to still continue my recovery, which could be another four or five years. The doctors don't know how long because you get better in different areas, basically. And Richard believes you should always try to seek help. Advice to stroke survivors, never stop what you want to try and do and seek help and advice. The help is there in all areas, but seek that advice and go with it because don't just sit there and fester or sit at home and think, I've had a stroke, I'm, I'm no, no good to anybody because you are, you go into bad days and good days and you go into hit the walls, but you can get yourself over those walls and get to where you want to get to again. From loved ones and relatives' perspective, for me, I got a 82-year-old mother who didn't want to, when I was in hospital, didn't want to understand how poor I was because she's 82 and it would upset her a lot more. So it it meant other people were dealing with it and trying to tell her things. So I I think from a family and loved ones perspective, they all need to take each day as it comes and support the stroke survivor and understand that the stroke survivor themselves are going to have good days and bad days. But also, people caring for you are going to have good days and bad days as well. So everybody needs to work together to make sure that you all come to a happy agreement and understand everybody's needs from a stroke survivor and also from a loved one. It's been a year since Richard's stroke. He's come a long way in his physical and mental recovery and he's now focusing on helping other survivors progress along their rehabilitation journey. Thank you for listening and for supporting us at Stroke Stories. Please do recommend this podcast to anybody you think it can help. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share, please get in touch via our DMs on Twitter 
or Instagram, they are always open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. <laughs>